Welcome to the Free Parking Show with your hosts, Amos, Rich, Ryan, and Peter. Four sports journalists cover the world of sports with the utmost professionalism, or as much as they can muster after five beers. All right, and welcome to the Free Parking Show. We have a very special show for you tonight. Uh, of course, it's when or it's Thursday uh, tonight, but normally this is our Wednesday show, the Free Parking Par for this score show. Um, and we've got uh, some great teams for you tonight. Uh, first of all, I want to introduce the home team here: uh, Amos and uh, Amos and Rich. Um, are going to be representing Free Parking tonight, uh, and. And then we have very special guests with us, uh, Sean Mahone and Frank Sprankle of the Sports Drive. Uh, very good show. If you aren't listening, you need to check it out. Uh, but they'll be on the uh, the opposite team. So it's show versus show here tonight. Very good show in store for you. So we'll go to the, the away team first here, Sean and Frank. What is the name of your guys' team tonight? Oh, thank you so much. Well, Ryan, thank you to you and Richard for having us on. Hey, if we are the opponents, you better be ready to protect your house, as the Under Armour commercials used to teach you. <laughs> yeah, I miss those commercials, by the way. Remember, remember those commercials? We must protect this house. Those were good. Ones. I miss those commercials. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, it is our privilege. It is our privilege and honor to be identified as the Blue Bumblebees, the visiting team tonight. Oh, yeah, because Frank's got his blue bumblebee outfit on. Brought to you by Idaho Spud and the Potatoes. How about brought to you by Walmart Cheap Wine? Walmart Haircuts. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right, Blue Bubble Bees. And what is your guys' punishment uh, for Rich and Frank tonight if you guys end up winning? Hey, there you go, Sean. Pick a punishment. Up to, I, I'm going to leave that up to Sean because Sean is more of a creative genius. Actually, Sean Mann's more smarter than me. What do you mean? If we lose, what's the, what's the no, punishment? No, if they lose. If you lose. If they lose. Okay, yeah. if, if, they, if they lose, it just means that they didn't think about the questions very thoroughly and that we're better than them and we know our sports knowledge well and I would also say better luck next time. I'll drink to that. Cheers. Okay. <laughs> there he goes. Right, I guess. Walmart's got him, dude. I guess you just gotta. You gotta I drank down it. the wrong pipe. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I guess you guys just have to uh, I'm better think now. about, about I'm better your now. loss. Uh, our home team here, Amos and uh, Rich, always on the show with us. So, what did you guys come up with as, as a team name tonight? Well, in light to the few basketball questions that will come up, it, we are going to go through. Uh, we're going to be the Flint Tropics. Whoa, Ooh, the I like that. What the, the hell is Tropics. the Flint Tropics? Jackie Moon. Semi pro. Jackie Moon. Dude, you should call uh, yourself the Flint Leadheads. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. What's <laughs> All right, the Flint Trucks. What is your guys' punishment uh, for the Blue Bumblebee should you guys win tonight? Uh, They have to sing Celine Dion's My Heart Will Go On. (laughs) I don't even know the words, too. I've heard of the song. I've never heard. I don't know the words. Wait a minute. That that was from Titanic, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was. Uh Uh-oh. Does Frank like the Titanic movie from 1997? That had Leonardo and Kate Winslet. I actually saw it when I was in high school. I saw it the same. Friend, Billy I saw it. I saw it the same day as the Giants Vikings wild card game in January of '98. <laughs> oh, so you did? Did you? I saw it the same? I saw it that night. I watched the playoff games were in the afternoon. Um, who was the second game? I forgot. All I remember was the Giants comeback in that game. Admit, Frank to, always does this, and I don't know. Leonardo DiCaprio. I, know, I don't know how Frank does this. It's some kind of like weird skill where he he remembers every football game he's like ever seen ever. Like you'd be like, yes, remember that remember that Soldier one? Field, dude. You could be like December seventh, nineteen eighty seven, and Frank would just be like, yeah, I remember the Bears were playing the Packers, and, and like he'll tell you exactly what happened that day based off of the game. It's and it's unreal ability. 
Yeah, I, I could tell you about the fact that my mom used to be nice enough when I was in elementary. And by the way, I was six years old and in kindergarten, but my mom was nice enough to let me stay up uh, every night before uh, Monday nights during a Bears Monday night game and let me stay up and watch it. So I had a mom that, that cared about me. Well, All right, spirit, guys. Frank. There you go. That's the spirit. Yeah. All right. For everybody that's listening that hasn't heard the show before, the Par for Discourse show uh, is going to take these two teams against each other, and this is how it works. There's going to be uh, ten questions. Uh, these guys will go up against each other one on one. Each question, whoever wins, or whoever I believe I'm going to be the judge tonight, uh, has the better answer. We'll get one point. We'll keep moving down um, until the finale question. Uh, the finale question being worth three points. Uh, and then, of course, whoever has the most, point, most points at the end wins, and, and they have to uh, fulfill the punishment. Or the other team has to fulfill the punishment Frank, that they came oh, up with. I, I have to say this. I have to say yeah, what? If we end up losing, I don't want to hear anything about an opening rant on the sports drive that Sean screwed up. I'll do my very best for you, young man. But I give you, I give, dude, the only thing I really rip you on is bowling. That's sure. Rip you on. sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, remember, I still am the bowling master, and I'm a very Thanks. good at getting strikes and stuff like that. Oh, you actually had a good... Bruins just tied the game up at two against Carolina. Yes. Uh, all right, all right, guys. Here's the first question. Um... <laughs> Rich and Sean going to be first. You'll be the first to answer, and then Sean. The Philadelphia Eagles were very busy this free agency. Do you think that they are making the right moves, or are they going to end up regretting this offseason? Rich, what do you think? Uh, yes, I think they are making the right moves. You had Chip Kelly's quote-unquote dream team that came in. Things didn't really work out. You bring in a new head coach. You start shipping guys like Kiko Alonso out. Uh, Byron Maxwell was shipped out. They released Riley Cooper. Uh, they traded DeMarco Murray down to Tennessee. It's like the cleaning house. Uh, they're getting a fresh start. They, they brought in uh, Chase Daniels. Don't know where that's going to leave uh, Mark Sanchez or not. Looks like he may be on his way out the door as well. So, I, you know, I, I like what they're doing. I don't think they're going to regret it. You, you gotta if you're going to get rid of the coach, you might get a, rid of all the dirty laundry that went along with it. Whatever he had there didn't work. Doug Peterson saw a different vision. Let out with the old, in with the new. Do I go next? Floor is yours, uh, bully master. Thank you very much. Can't believe I called him that. Thank you, Mister Blue Bumblebee Man from Blue Bumblebee Indiana. All right, Philadelphia Eagles were 7-9 and nine last year. Okay, the way I view it, gentlemen, is this. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles are just a team that has a lot of rebuilding to do. Uh, the, my contestant that I was going up against, my opponent, has a very, very good point about pointing it out. Last year, gentlemen, um, before the season started, I had the Philadelphia Eagles at 13-3. and three. They are not going to be very, very good this year. They've already lost to Marco Murray, a key piece of their offense. Their team is going to totally be different heading into 2016. I just don't see any way, any how, how the Eagles are going to be so good. Uh, you're thinking about a tough NFC East division. The Redskins, I think, are going to be a lot better than the Eagles. The Giants, who knows, because they've got a new offensive system, just like the Philadelphia Eagles do. And Dallas, I have to say, not much what I would expect with the Dallas Cowboys. It's not like I want to get into that because I know, Mr. Moreland, you will have probably maybe a question on these three other NFC East teams. But Philadelphia, to me, is going very, very much downhill. They're cleaning house, but they are. I don't expect them to be a very serious threat going into 2016, especially with the new head coach, Chip Kelly, out the door. And then, and then of course, themselves getting a new uh, offensive system. And when you learn a new offensive system, you better learn it well, especially when you got a first year head new a new year a new head coach, what I'm saying. That's both, my opening statement for that question. Both really great answers here. Uh and to start off, the Flint Tropics gonna get the first point here. Uh I like that how you brought up everybody that, that left Boom. and stuff. It was a good answer. But both really good answers there. Um so Flint Tropics will go up one nothing over the I Blue like Bumblebees. Heading into the next question here, we head to the NBA. Uh, Steve Kerr has stated 
that resting no. for the playoffs is more important to him uh, than the going for the 1995-1996 Bulls record. If you were the coach of Golden State, would you rest your players for the playoffs or try to go for the record? Amos, you're answering this question first. What do you think? Uh, I'm going to go with, yeah, absolutely. I think with any head coach, uh, especially in basketball, you got to think about it that you guys go through a ton of games, especially traveling, never like, you know, really being home to sleep at night in your bed. You're always staying in other hotels. You don't know what goes on in there. You got other people, you know, making noise. It's got a jet lag and everything else goes into this. Yeah, going for the record would be great, but going for the record and then just losing and not winning the championship. I mean, the yeah, you got the record, but it's a lost season at that point. I mean, like, I just, I had to read with Steve Kerr. There's, I know they, you have the ability to rest Steph Curry every once in a while, but if you're just running those other guys 100% all the time, they're going to have a rough time come playoffs. It's best to get them rested. No, they're going to be ready. They're all at at least 90% being able to play making shots, getting Curry open, getting Clay Thompson open, playing their great perimeter defense, defense inside. I think it's the absolute correct move for them, and I would back them 100%. Great answer there, Amos. Well done with your opening statement. Yeah, I'll agree. Frank, I'll agree. You, well done, but I completely disagree. I completely disagree with our good buddy Amos. What you see here is the potential for unexpected history. What we saw from the Golden State Warriors after winning the NBA championship was nothing more than maturity because typically when you take a young team such as Golden State coming off winning an NBA championship, you got a question with such a short offseason, not to mention being on the championship high, how are they going to adapt to the next season? Man, this team has adapted very well. They have adapted tremendously to the point where they are on the verge of history. Look, they got to win – three more games, or actually, no, they can't afford to lose three games, pardon me. They can't afford to lose three games in order to guarantee the season of, of 72 and 10 or better than that. I believe if you're Steve Kerr, you see the maturity with this team already. This team has not let a lot get to them. So if I'm Steve Kerr, I'm letting them play the rest of the way out and try to achieve his record of 72-10 and 10 from 20 years ago, which, by the way, Steve Kerr played on that team. We should also make mention that Steve Kerr was an excellent outside shooter on that 95-96 Bulls team that went on to win the NBA championship over the Seattle Supersonics. Not to mention, too, personally growing up in Chicago, I was 8th graded. I was 14 years old. I lived and breathed every single moment of that Bulls team as well as the rest of the National Association. You are on the doorstep of potential history. Steve Kerr, let them play. All right, both good answers here. Um. He just said the <laughs> exactly. Yeah, all right. I was making sure. I was making sure I heard that right. <laughs> he just said prostitution. I know. I know the prostitution rest. Uh, have you been watching? Have you been watching too much of a few good men there, Frank? Uh, 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 a few good what? Both both good answers. A few good Frank, men. Frank, Frank no, made I don't. The I don't. Aside, uh, <laughs> that was going to go again. <laughs> Another one here for the Flint Tropics. A 2 nothing lead. Uh, Blue Bumblebees. Got to get back in this now. Uh, here's your first chance to. This time it'll be Sean answering first, uh, followed up by Rich. As we head into the Major League Baseball. Um, the Boston Red Sox Woo-hoo. right-handed pitcher, uh, Michael Kopchik, is in the news again for another big mistake. This is the same kid. Uh, they got into trouble for uh, taking performance-enhancing drugs last year. He was their number one, or first-round pick in the 2014 draft. Well, this time, he got into an altercation uh, with his roommate and teammate and ended up breaking his hand. Do you think this kid is ruining his shot at the pros right now? Of course, he's their top uh, pitching prospect. Um do you think he's ruining his chance of the pros, or do you think that this is nothing to worry about, uh, that this is just two isolated incidents? What do you have to say here, uh, Sean? Well, knowing me, I am the lifelong Boston Red Sox fan. I've been a Red Sox fan for a very, very long time. 
since I was about six or five years old. <clears throat> I have to say that it was a bad mistake that that happened with the pitching, but, you know, the Red Sox need to try to avoid these decisions that, that, that have hurt them. Look, I know all about the chicken and the beer fiasco that happened <laughs> five years ago, which led to a collapse, which still gives me a goddamn nightmare. I'm glad that one came to an end because the Red Sox quickly got rid of that by winning a World Series championship two years later. I had to deal with Pablo Sandoval because he was playing an Instagram in the bathroom talking with a girl. Shame then, I hey, this is my question. I'm just teasing. <laughs> Blue Bumblebee, man. we got to make a comeback. We're down by two here. Okay. Then we've got to realize that John Farrell, of course, has been rumored to have had an affair with the Nesson reporter because of a divorce and now this situation. The Red Sox need to have stop being part of the drama. They have got to stop these distractions because – it irks me and it irks everybody in Boston and all of New England because it's not the right decision. I really hope that it's not like what I would consider to be a team distraction because if it's a team distraction, that will really, really hurt them down the road, you know, if this continues. But the Red Sox are loaded. I don't think it's, it should bother them. They're loaded. They're going to compete. They're going to be there. They're expected to be good every year. They're a superpower. If they win, it's a great thing. If they don't, Red Sox fans will let them hear about it, and it will not be very pleasant. It won't be very good. Believe me, I took a trip last year to Boston. You know, the mood was not very happy when I was in Boston, and because in Boston and all of New England, the Red Sox weren't having a good year. But that's beside the point. They've got to address this pitching situation, uh, Ryan, that you asked me Um and I think one thing is, is ignore it. It's spring training for Christ's sake, okay? At least this isn't happening during the season. Ignore it, move on, and start getting yourself prepared for the regular season where the Red Sox open up against Cleveland in a couple weeks. Am I ready for the season to start? Yes, but the Red Sox need to stop this drama and crap and stop goofing off and stop seeing players getting in trouble. It's a controversy that I don't appreciate and get and just – be the best and have a good season and have fun. That's what baseball is all about. Amen. It's a 162-game season. It's a long, long season. I enjoy it with a few exceptions. The bad And then, of course, the absolute joke is the dot-gun stinking play-in game. We should never oh, even oh. have that. Shit. That's the stupid thing that we should not have. We should not have a play-in game. And on that note, that is the end of the opening statement here. All right, Sean. Uh, Amos here. Can I say one thing quickly? The reason I mean, why Sean is Rich. mentioning – Sean's mentioning the play-in game because he knows I hate it. Sean knows I hate the – I love the play-in game. That <laughs> play-in game sucks. All right, All right Rich, so what do you say this here? This kid gets suspended for – This kid gets suspended for getting into a fight with his roommate – Let's take into the fact that he's only 19 years old, guys. It's not like he's some 34-year-old out there doing this at an age where you're supposed to be a mature baseball player or mature in the league. And we've got a lot of players in the league that don't follow league protocol. I mean, who hasn't been in a fist fight when you're when you're in your teenage years? I know I've been in a couple of fist fights myself. You can always throw it up to boys being boys. But at the same time, you do sign a contract to play for a major league baseball team. You should respect those the boundaries within that contract. That should go with any sports affiliate whatsoever. That's just part of the game. You know, I to me, I don't know. It's kind of like you get into a fight with a roommate, you break your hand. You're not really hurting the team, you're hurting yourself because you can't progress along with being a pitcher or whatnot. Because you need the the repetitions out there in, in, in the minor league system to be able to get promoted up. I, I don't think it's going to hurt his career just because he's at such a very young age. But at the same time, I do agree with uh, Sean on the point of being in any sports organization. They need to lay they need to lay off the the drama that that goes along with it, and it's tough to do. It really is. But I, as far as Killing his career? Now nah, he's only 19 years old. He's yeah. still got what 20 or 30 years left to go. He's so got I mean, a long career, yeah. yeah, he's long he's got a long career. So I don't really see it hurting him now. Now, like I said, had this happened like 10 or 15 years, like if he's 30 years old or whatever, and he does this, yeah, you may have a little bit of an issue. But he he's just a boy. Boys will be boys. Exactly. Lord knows I was one. 
So who gets the point there, Ryan? Sorry about that. I was unmuted myself there. Uh, Flint Tropics taking another one there. That was a really good answer, Rich. Uh, so 3 nothing, quick lead, guys. Uh, let's see if Frank can turn it around here with mm. question four. All right, we're going to switch oh, sure. over to college basketball here. We are heading into March Madness. Uh, Selection Sunday is only three days away now. There's going to be, every year we talk about these bubble teams, who do you think is going to be the, the last two teams in and the first two teams out? Frank, you answer this one first. Right, the two teams, gentlemen, that I see as the bubble teams in are St. Joseph's and Pitt. You take a look at these two teams. Uh, St. Uh, St. Joseph, really impressive record at 24-7, and 13-5, fourth in the Atlantic 10 is St. Joseph's. While you look at Pitt, okay, they're an ACC school. You get a lot of ACC representatives. You get a lot of some of these big conferences. Uh, but Pitt, 21-11, and 9-9 nine and nine overall in the conference. A little shaky, but this is a team uh, that should be able to get in. So for me, if you look at it, uh, St. Joseph and Pitt, those are the only two teams that I see uh, really getting in, in into the final field of 68. And remember, it is a field of 68. And as far as teams that are the outside looking in, I'll be honest, one of those teams I saw, Syracuse is one of them. Syracuse does not really have an impressive record for a school in the ACC. But one of those schools, I got to tell you, uh, Michigan, they really Michigan's got to beat Indiana because if Michigan does not beat Indiana in their Big Ten um, tournament game tomorrow, they will clearly be on the outside looking in. Michigan barely beat Northwestern. As a matter of fact, it took overtime for Michigan to defeat Northwestern. Nice uh, put in by Northwestern at the buzzer. But Michigan, this is a team that has played very well in the Big Ten. I'm going to say Syracuse are the bubble that would be on the outside looking in if we got to selection Sunday at this point. Great answer there, Frank. Uh, tough one there, Amos. What do you got? Yeah, no, that's that's good. I was sitting here thinking, and now I'm gonna go. I'm gonna start with my first two. I'm absolutely gonna agree with Michigan because I, I do not see them at all getting past Indiana. They did not look well against Iowa a few weeks ago, and their team that's just not ready to get a tournament and even make any sort of an attempt at a run. The other team I'll go with that's sitting on the outside are the Florida Gators. They're 19-13, not the same team without Billy Donovan there. I think they're on the bubble. Uh, I think they're going to be out. I just I think there's much better teams that are going to get in ahead of them even with – I mean, the record's not absolutely terrible, but it's not really good. So I think they're going to get out. And for my first team in, for some reason, uh, from like reading the last couple of days, that Providence seems to be on the bubble. And their team is 23-9. and nine. I think they're – what, like 10 and 8 in their conference, and their team that I've heard about all year. They've gone on good runs, and I think they're a team that should absolutely get in, especially at 23 and 9. There's always, every time the Big East team gets in there, they tend to always be up their tournament until at least the Sweet 16, Elite 8. They're always a very, very good conference when it comes to the tournament. And the other team I'm going to go with is, I guess, I'm going to go with the Huskies, UConn Huskies. Uh, their team that's, I think it's about time they were returned to where they were. I know they uh, their coach retired a few years ago. I can't think of his name. And I think it's just about time they get back up there. And they've had a decent season. Uh, once again, very, very tough schedule, playing a tough conference. But I think they have absolutely the ability and the record. I know they're like 21 and 10, so I think that would be good enough to get them in there. Wow, you guys did not make this one easy on me. Uh, very good answers for both of you there. Uh, but the point is going to go to the Blue Bumblebees. Closing in here, one to three. Now your score. Flint Tropics still got a lead, so still got the the hard fart for you uh, here, Sean. As we head into the NHL, the ageless wonder Yammer Yager passed Brett Hall to go third all time on the NHL's all time scoring list. Uh, now at 742 career goals, Yager is third behind Gordie Howe and Wayne Gretzky. Do you think by the time uh, that Yammer Yager hangs it up, do you think he'll be in first? Uh, or do you think he'll be behind Gretzky in front of Howe? Or do you think that he'll stay in third place where he's at? Uh, and this is actually uh, Rich first uh, and then Sean. Rich, what do you think? Uh, 
18. How many goals is he behind Gretzky and how do you know? Because I, by chance. Yeah, he's uh, about 100. Ryan. Yeah, he's about 100 and um, 140. I want to say 145 or 146 behind uh, Gretzky. Uh, he is 50 some behind Gordy Howe. He could possibly pass Gordy Howe if he plays another few years at the high level he's playing. But 140 goals to pass the great one, I I just don't know if that one's going to be broken by him or not. That, that's a tough feat to accomplish. I mean, you we all call you call him the ageless wonder. He is getting up there in age. 50 goals may be one thing. I, I guess you could always say it's going to be depend on depending on how long he wants to play. He said he wants to play another five or six years. So, I mean, it's possible. But I, I'm going to hold off judgment. Don't, I'm going to say he's not going to pass Gretzky. 100 goals is a lot to accomplish, especially at the age he's going. Eventually, you, we can all say, you know, every pro athlete says, I'm going to play till my, I'm 50 or whatever. We heard Tom Brady say it. We've heard uh, Yager say it. But at the same time, once you get that wall of, uh, of age hits you, that's it. It's done. So, the the Gordy Howe, he may be able to pass, but I'm gonna say he probably will not touch Wayne Gretzky. Good answer there, as they say, Father. Time is undefeated. Sean, do you think we will see a new person in second or first in all-time scoring, or do you think uh, Yammer Yager is gonna stay right where he is right now? It's gonna be very tough for him to overtake uh, Gordy Howe and Wayne Gretzky. It's a tough one. I don't know if that's going to end up happening. It's a tough call because he's enjoying it. Uh, Yamir Yager, uh, I've heard of him long, for a long, long time. You know, he, had, he was he had great years with the Pittsburgh Penguins. He won some Stanley Cups there with Mario Lemieux. Of course, uh, I remember when he played with the Boston Bruins. He had a chance in 2013, but those god dang Blackhawks screwed that whole thing up. They got lucky to win that thing in 17 seconds. Of course, no, we they didn't. Did too. Did too. I'm a Hawks fan. Yeah, you Black Hawk. Yeah, and then you know I remember. But Yamir Yager though was is a great hockey player with a tremendous. May be very very difficult. Gordy Howe. I just I'm gonna vote no. I just I, I just don't know if he wants to play five or six years. I'm gonna say possibly no. If he does that, it's a tremendous accomplishment. But I can't really answer that question. I don't know. It depends on what's going to happen the next five or six years for Yamir Yager, even though he loves playing the game and uh, will continue to always be a very, very big hockey legend, along with the other hockey legends. All right. Both great answers here. Going to give it here um, to Sean just for all of the, the Yamir Yager knowledge going through the years there. I like that. Uh, don't get to talk enough hockey on this show. Good job. Um, yeah, Amos, good job. But get over 2013 already. Amos get over is already, he's already trying to kill me. He's, he kills me that every time I bring up hockey. So. That was a rock. <laughs> that- that was a rotten, lucky th- fluke by the Blackhawks. They had no business winning it in 2013. That was a lucky year for them. If the Bruins <laughs> if they would have played defense and got the stupid puck at the other end of it, the all Bruins right, would have right, won right. Game Six. All right, all right, all right. I love, I love. We got to move Sean's on to shots. the next question love. here, guys. But the Red Sox made um, up for it. This one's going to be Amos and Frank Amos answering first as we move to the UFC. Uh, I think everybody saw UFC 196. Conor McGregor uh, gets choked out by Nate Diaz with a rear naked choke uh, and and loses a fight. Well, we haven't seen him do that in quite some time. Losing that fight, Conor McGregor is still the featherweight champion and has to defend that title in his next fight. Right now they're saying that Frankie Edgar... And Jose Aldo are both uh, the two that he uh, or the two that deserve a, a, a title chance. Which one do you think is most deserving uh, of this title shot, uh, or the guy that's going to end up getting it, Amos? Uh, I think it's going to be Frankie Edgar. His resume is actually very impressive. I think he's beat BJ Penn at like three times, and we all know what BJ Penn was at one point in the sport. And 
his he's twenty and four, and he's got a draw. But his resume to me is just much much more impressive than Aldo's. Yes, Aldo is twenty five and two. Uh, he actually and Aldo's even beat Frankie Edgar. But Aldo has also fought McGregor. Uh, I think it was about two three years back, and McGregor knocked him out. So it's something that we've seen. Yeah, a lot of people. I'm sure Aldo wants the rematch, but I think Edgar deserves his shot, especially with you know what he's. He's good on the ground. He's good at striking to where Otto, I think, is a much better striker than he is on the ground. But, you know, I don't know. Both these guys are very, very deserving. I would just like to see Edgar get his shot because I think he would have a better shot than Otto. I think he's fought better opponents, beat better opponents. And I know Otto's beat him, but, you know, everybody gets beat. Great answer there. So we got one vote for Frankie Edgar. <clears throat> what do you say here, Frank? You know what? Typically, I endorse people that are either named Frank or Frankie, but I got to go opposite. Jose Aldo, this guy should be the one that gives the challenge to Conor McGregor. Okay, I know Conor McGregor uh, defeated Aldo back on December 12th. I understand. I know it was a KO punch, but come on. You take a look at the overall record on the part of Jose Aldo. This guy is 25-2. and two. I mean, before the loss to McGregor in December, this guy had won 18 matches. McGregor has won 15 matches, or at least won 15 matches before Diaz uh, was was able to defeat him uh, just five days ago. So you have to go with the better record here. If you take a look at Frankie, if you take a look here at uh, Frankie Edgar, this guy has had an on and off record. I want to see the team the the fighters with the two best records go at it, and it should be Conor McGregor and Jose Aldo, no question about it, for the featherweight championship. Man, again, both really good answers here, really solid. Uh, gonna have to give the edge to Amos and the Flint Tropics here. Uh, you know, that last fight only lasted 13 seconds between Aldo and and McGregor, uh, so I think you have to give Frankie Edgar a chance, but both really great answers there. Uh, so that puts the Flint Tropics Good up job. four to two over the Blue Bumblebees right now. Thank you, sir. We're oh, down by two. We got some work to do here, Frank. Go drink your Walmart store-bought wine. <laughs> hey, hey, we're a team. We're supposed to win here, you Bumblebee man. Come on. Isn't Sean great, guys? <laughs> <laughs> this is what All you right. get. I'm gonna tell you, this is pure comedy gold. Every time you guys come on the air with us, <laughs> hey, we enjoy. It. We enjoy it. in all seriousness, uh, we do it. We do enjoy it. I am enjoying it. It's nothing but fun hanging out with a few buddies. Oh, yeah. I just want to say before we move on, uh, thank you, uh, Richard. Thank you, Amos. Uh, thank you, Ryan. As well as Peter is not here with us tonight. Uh, thank you all for inviting us on. We definitely. I mean, listen, this is nothing but hanging out with a good with a few good buddies here. And I just want to say. Yeah, come on, out there. come on out to our show and stuff. Yeah, come remember, on out. Remember, tomorrow our show is at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, which is 10 a.m. Eastern tomorrow. So it'll be bright and early, so everybody get to bed early. Right, Frank? Mm-hmm. Hey, I can tonight because I don't have to work. See, guys, you got to understand, I have a midnight job, but I don't work Thursday nights and the Friday morning. So, yeah, I can get to bed early tonight. That's the beauty of it. Good. I have to get up about 4.30 or 5 and then meet with the staff tomorrow at 6 a.m. for the staff meeting. All right, next question. Here. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Let's move on here to question number seven. This is going to be uh, for Sean and uh, Rich. Sean, you'll answer first. We don't get a lot of tennis questions on here, but we got one for you, boys. On Monday night, we talked about Maria Sharapova's failed drug test. Uh, more facts have been coming in every day, it seems like, since that story broke. If you were the one that got to decide her punishment uh, for her um, failed drug test, uh, what would the punishment be, Sean? Whew, boy, well, I have to say this, too. It just seems like with sports, this is becoming a uh, really, really big thing going on all over the um, all over the sports world that with players who are getting themselves, you know, busted for taking uh, performance enhancing drugs, HGH, uh, PEDs, you know, uh, uh, there is just so, so many drugs that players are doing. And it's just so sad with the way it is. I think my first thing would be is um, 
Is it a he or a she? Because I don't know a lot about tennis. Can I ask you that? Is it a he or a she? Uh, Maria Sharapova is a woman. Yeah, it's a she. Okay. Well, I think the the penalty should be that uh, if she's that she needs to be suspended. Uh, I don't know for how long, but I think the big punishment would have to be suspension. Look, we already know in Major League Baseball that they've got the rules for players who have taken performance-enhancing drugs, where a player can get suspended for maybe 50 games, 75 games, you know, et cetera, et cetera, even the whole year. So the way I look at it is that a suspension is probably the best situation. I don't know for how long, but uh, without a doubt, she needs to be suspended for what she's what she's done with the drugs, and that's the way I will keep it as a short, brief statement. Because don't know too much about tennis. I'll move to the other person. All right, Amos, what do you think here? <laughs> if you were deciding the punishment, where would you place it at? It's me. What? Sorry, Rich. My it's bad. It's me, Rich. Rich, not Amos. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, you I'm know, keeping they, you on your toes. I'm making sure you know. Band. I'm making sure you know you're up. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, they're talking one to two year ban. I think that's about as I probably would stick with that. Now, I know there's reports coming out that over 60 Olympic athletes have tested positive for this. The same supplement she's taken. She swears up and down that she's been taking it legally for God knows how long. But at the same time, obviously, you're not taking it legally if you failed a. Uh, uh, whatever they call the the tennis thing, drug tests. So, you know, a, a lot of the, the Rafael Nadal, uh, Andy Murray, a lot of the pro t- former players and current tennis players say she needs to be punished severely for this. She's got to pay for the mistake. Whether she meant to do it or not, it's just part of the rules. So I, I would probably give her the one- to two-year ban, honestly. A good answer there. The point going to the Flint Tropics here because Sean didn't know that Maria Sharapova was a woman. <laughs> what? I don't watch any goddamn tennis. I was upset. <laughs> <laughs> I lost in overtime. What do you expect? I was watching. Oh, no. Oh, dear Lord. Oh, dear oh, Lord. Get, there, that's why. That's that why. He's going to be manicky now. You do know that, don't you? <laughs> oh, shut up. Please, let's move to the next question. All right, here's next question here to be Frank and Amos. Uh, Frank, you answer this one first. We saw a lot of exciting stuff happen in the NFL with the free agency, a lot of big moves here. Yes, um, we did. Which one was the most surprising? Uh, surprising in a good way or a bad way, but just the most shocking move uh, made in NFL free agency oh, so far? Oh. No question about it. It's Brock Osweiler but shocking to me in a bad way because here's a guy getting four years over $70 million, and we only saw the guy half a season. Look, I think Brock Osweiler is deserving of some cash, but definitely not this ridiculous sum. This is the Houston Texans just being desperate for anybody at the quarterback position that's an upgrade above Brian Hoyer and all of the ridiculous quarterbacks they have. Listen, we remember that Saturday afternoon, the wild card game at home against the Kansas City Chiefs and the embarrassment that it was for the Houston Texans. And clearly they need a guy for a, they need a guy in terms of the quarterback position. But I think paying Brock Osweiler, this guy has got to perform. He's got the keys to the Lamborghini, and there's a lot of expectations for him. You also got um, a, a running back, too, from the Miami Dolphins in Lamar Miller. But here's the thing. Brock Osweiler, four years, 72 to $76 million. That Houston Texan team, better win the AFC South because if not or if they don't get into the playoffs then you know what we know that it's a complete bust for Brock Osweiler he has got to be the dominant quarterback in that AFC South division too much money too much for a guy that really hasn't proven himself well Frank you should tell us how you really feel there (laughs) all right uh Amos what do you think (laughs) what do you think here most surprising move of free agency uh, Brock Osweiler absolutely was a very surprising move. And for me, though, I'm going to go with a different player, same team. I'm going to go with uh, Malik Jackson signing 
uh, what, 60 or $90 million contract with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And especially if that report that came out said John Elway knew a week ago Osweiler was leaving. That means that either they really thought that he was just going to stay on the benefit of winning the Super Bowl for a lower amount of money, or they just didn't try. And that surprises me because this guy had, what, five sacks in the regular season, four sacks between the AFC Championship and the Super Bowl. Like, this guy was a big, big factor to your defense and huge, especially with him and Derek Wolf next to one another in your front three. They're absolutely wonderful. Now he goes to Jacksonville, who made some other good signings. And he gets to get on this defensive line rotation that's going to have Dante Fowler back. And they're getting better in the secondary with another signing. They're going to have a good defensive line rotation. Really surprised me that he went there. Uh, You know, must be big hopes because he is a young superstar defensive lineman who could probably go anywhere he wanted. And Jacksonville got him and got him first. And hopefully I think it'll pan out. And I think it's a big loss for Denver. Both really solid answers here. This one, got to go with Frank here. The Osweiler one just really, you know, blew your hair back. You weren't ready for that one uh, for most surprising. But both really solid answers there. That makes the score Flint Tropics 5, Blue Bumblebees 3. Heading into the ninth question. Here we go. Breaking news. Breaking news. Yeah, breaking news. Peyton Manning unretires and signs with the Houston Texans. Ha 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 ha. Just kidding. I'm surprised. I'm surprised. I'm surprised surprised John Elway isn't on his knees begging Peyton to come back at this point. No, I don't want to hear a stinking nation. I do not want to see here another stupid nationwide is on your side commercial. That makes me want to fart. Makes me sick. Please come back, Peyton Manning. Please <laughs> shut up. Let's get to the next question. All right, uh, next question here. We got Rich and Sean. Um, Rich, you'll answer this one first. Uh, heading back here to basketball, to the NBA, um, Chris Broussard of ESPN uh, did an NBA player power ranking. Uh, and he's done it. I think this is the third one that he's done. Pretty interesting stuff. If you haven't seen it yet, uh, definitely worth a read. But he rates every player in the league, uh, or the top 30, I believe he chooses, top 30 to rate. Well, this week he did it, and he had Kawhi Leonard jumping Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook as the third best player in the league. Um, Assuming that Steph Curry and LeBron James are number one and two, who do you think comes in as the third best uh, player in the league, Frank? I mean, sorry, Rich, who do you think? Dang, are you sure you're not drinking the Walmart wine over there, Ryan? <laughs> no, but all seriousness, what what in the world is Chris Broussard smoking these days? How are you going to jump? How are you going to jump Kawhi Leonard over? I can understand Drum jumping him over uh, Russell Westbrook. I do not like that dude. But Kevin Durant, you take take Kevin Durant. If Kevin Durant leaves Oklahoma City next year, you know this offseason that team's done. They're going to have to rebuild from scratch. Russell Westbrook is, like, one of the worst. I wouldn't say the worst, but he has only benefited from what Kevin Durant does to that team. Kawhi Leonard, you take Kawhi Leonard off of San Antonio, they may, like, lose a few less games, like, in a season, but they still have Manu Ginobili. They still have Tim Duncan. They still have Tony Parker. They still got the big three there that have been the staple of that that, uh, team for well over a decade now. How in the heck... Do you put Kawhi Leonard over Kevin Durant is the biggest question out of this entire thing. For me, it is Kevin Durant. It's, you know, I, I can understand the Curry and LeBron for one and two and however order you want to put it. But if you're going to say that, you, you've you got to put Kevin Durant at number three. All right. So Kevin Durant is his pick there. Sean, who do you have as your third best player in the NBA? Uh, I agree with that. Kevin Durant deserves to be number three. But, uh, you know, I just can't believe you could say Kawhi Leonard, okay? I cannot believe with that question that you just read that Kawhi (laughs) would also be put at number three. San Antonio, in my view, realizes, though, that they are getting toward the end of their era. They're knowing that uh, this is their last chance, the last chance to hopefully have a shot of winning the NBA championship. 
They've won five championships, San Antonio has, and they have been very, very successful as their franchise. Greg Popovich, of course, the dynasty of the 2000s with 03, 05, and 07. But Kawhi Leonard at number three, that's an absolute joke. Kevin Durant deserves to be number three. Kevin Durant has done a great job for the OKC Thunder. And you know what? I would even say that Kevin Durant should overtake LeBron James. Why don't you move him down to the number 50? I don't give a crap. LeBron James is the most over. LeBron James is the most overrated NBA basketball player in history. And I don't care what people say. You can agree with me or disagree with me all you want. I am so sick and tired of how the media praises this guy, LeBron James, and thinks that he's the best player on the planet. He's not. The guy's 2-4. and Why don't you put him at number 50 or move him to number 10 or number 20? He's overrated. He doesn't deserve MVP. He whines and complains when things don't go his way. He cries and he's not even, and you know what? He's also a sore loser. That's why Stephen Curry deserves to be number one, Kevin Durant number three, and I'd even move him ahead of LeBron James. I mean, cry many sakes. I mean, LeBron James is one of these guys that every year everybody praises. Oh, it's going to be his year. He's going to win an NBA championship. Hey, Cleveland, you haven't done anything for 52 years. You haven't even won a championship in 52 years. That's because every time you praise Cleveland and think the Cavaliers are going to do, look what the end result is, and I get the last laugh out of it. That's why I'm saying, LeBron, you're an overrated basketball player. You're not the best player on the planet. You're nothing but an arrogant, spoiled little punk, and that's exactly what you are, an arrogant (laughs) And the Cleveland Cavaliers are not a good basketball team. They're lucky to be where they're at right now. They won't get past Golden State if they get to the finals, and they certainly will not get past the San Antonio Spurs. And with that, back to you, Ryan. Can we All pass right. out the offering plates now? I was, <laughs> I, I was, uh, was going to give why this Durant one... Deserves- to the blue bumblebees because of all the hate on Re- on Russell Westbrook, who is a really good player in the league. Uh, but then Sean went on the hate spree of LeBron James, so Flint Tropics going to get the point there. What? One more thing to add. Two fine players. My point real quick is I did forget to mention the – oh, no, I was just going to say I forgot to mention the signing of Marcus Aldridge is in San Antonio as well. I, that just went slipped my mind, but go ahead. But uh, oh, right man. now, 6-3 to th- three is the score. Going into the final question here before the finale. Question number 10. Oh, we God. have Amos Wait. and Frank. Amos, you'll answer this one first. Uh, going back to the world of hockey, which, Amos, you should get this right. I've groomed you. You're basically my, like, my Padawan of the <laughs> NHL. Uh, the Anaheim Ducks right now are 9-0-1 oh, in their last 10 games. Their only loss coming in overtime, of course, to the Washington Capitals, who right now are the best team in hockey, and a 2-1 to overtime loss. They have skyrocketed up the standings as of late, and now are setting first in the Pacific Division. Do you think this, is a, this team is a true threat in the West come playoff time? Amos, what do you say? <laughs> oh, man. No, I don't, and this is why. It's, I know that they beat, what, Chicago once, and you said they have a draw, right? Is that what it is? An overtime loss. Overtime loss. Oh, okay, all right, so still a loss. <laughs> but they beat, teams like, <laughs> they beat teams like Edmonton, Calgary. Well, they beat Vancouver, and none of these teams have any remotely a good record that I've seen. And so, no, all right, they're just – they're an above-average team just wiping out all the other teams who are not very good at all. They're going on this run. Everyone's all happy. But they know what's going to happen. They're, ultimately, they will, they'll fail. All right. No love there for the Ducks. What do you have to say here, Frank? Yeah, here's what I have to say. Are we forgetting about the fact that the Ducks have lost their last two, including last night? They were shut out three to nothing uh, in Colorado. Yeah, the Anaheim Ducks have a total of four teams that they are looking up in the in the conference. They have the Los Angeles Kings, the St. Louis Blues, the Dallas Stars, and I love saying this, but the tops in that conference is the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, the Chicago Blackhawks are the Stanley Cup champs, but the fact is. If you look at teams that get that are on a momentum, Anaheim has certainly had the momentum, but there are teams that are well above 
Anaheim right now. Clearly, there are better competition in the NHL um, in that Western Conference than the Anaheim Ducks. I'll be honest, the one team, and I'm not saying this because I'm biased, you can think otherwise, but the Chicago Blackhawks with Jonathan Taze as the leader. Patrick Kane, the skilled player that he is. If you took a look last night, okay, maybe they lost in a shootout to the St. Louis Blues, but but Pereira last night, one of the new Hawks coming through for clutch goal. This is a team, and Sean knows this better than anybody, that is a team that plays well in the clutch. I think the Chicago Blackhawks are perhaps (laughs) destined to compete at the Stanley Cup. And uh, with that, I dropped the mic. Yeah, go ahead and pull yourself. Oh, good answer. We should be on more. We We need to fight these. We need to invite these guys on. Hey, can we invite these guys on for the ba- for the Skippy Bayless Bash Hour? Oh, jeez, that'd be funny. <laughs> great answer. So let's get great answers let's get for this both straight. of you um, there. But so uh, they go on. No, go for it. Go for it. Okay, so let's get the, let me get this straight. The Blackhawks win like eight games in a row. They run into the Washington Capitals, lose. Uh, uh, what was the final score? Lose two to one. You know, arguably, like you said, the best team in the NHL. I believe so, so with the short rest and the fact uh, that they are on top of the Western Conference. Well, yes, I believe is, that. Is you can get red hot all you want, but when you face real competition, like like we've said, it, mm-hmm. we saw what happened. They actually lost Wednesday night to the Avalanche three to nothing. Uh, so I, I, I don't think this is anything to be looking out at. Uh, yeah, I Dallas. Agree. Dallas is still out there in the West as well. And I'm not a hockey fan at all, but I, I see Dallas's record, and they're playing, from yeah, what I understand, the record's playing pretty good hockey right now. All so right, all right, we gotta yeah, I'm just going to say I, we got to move on so we can move on. But I'm going to say no. I, I, think, I think it's a little bit of black smoke is all. All right. Uh, both really great answers here uh, from Amerson, from Frank. Uh, I'm going to go with Frank's here. Uh, you know, I like the point that, that he was, brought up. Uh, about uh, brought up some really good points here. Bring up the fact that uh, you know they're still was it fourth in the oh, Western shoot. Conference. Even that they the, my bad. That was the last. Uh, and then also that he also uh, you know got the pick on his teammate a little bit there uh, in his answer. So it is uh, four to six here heading into the finale question. So, Amos and Rich, you guys leading. You get to choose if you want to answer first or second, and which one of you will answer first for your team. What do you think, Amos? Oh, and by the way, I thought that was the finale question. My Brian. It's all good. It's all you good. are bad. Uh, let's go first. I'll go first. All right. All right. So, Amos and Rich, who do you want to go first for your team, the Blue Bumblebees? Frank, what do you think? You want me to go first? I'll, I can go. All right, if you're a volunteer, hey, you volunteer, go ahead. I, I wouldn't mind, but we have a volunteer. It is yeah, the guy. Let me ask you, I, do you feel this pressure when you're on the lane? Seriously, when you're bowling on Wednesday nights, do you feel all this pressure when you're out bowling? Oh, drink your beer. I'll go I love beer. beer. Hey, you love wine. I love beer. I love my Bud Light. Throw out that despicable beer. Look. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So that'll be the the order will be the order will be Amos, Sean, Rich, and then Frank for the finale question here, and for the win. Uh, of course, we've talked about NFL free agency. It's it's the big news going on right now in the sports world. Uh, as you know, we wait another just another couple of days until the start of March Madness. Uh, we're in free agency fever right now. It's that time of year. I'm going to ask you a very simple question here. Which team had the best first day of free agency? From And we'll extend it from the start of free agency until right now. Uh, which team had the best free agency so far? Amos, you start out here. All right, and I, this is very simple, and it's got to be the Jacksonville Jaguars. They bring in Malik Jackson, Super Bowl champion, defensive. Uh, he was a defensive end. He'll probably move inside because of his size. Bring them in from Denver. Then they get Tayshon Gibson, the safety from Cleveland. Been league four years. I think he's got like 14 interceptions. I'd like to see him be able to play a season. He He's only played one full season, and even in that season, he only played 15 games. So, But I think he's a very, very good safety, very instinctive, 
And then you bring in Chris Ivory. This is what Jacksonville tried to do like two or three years ago when they got Toby Gearhart. They brought a bunch of people in, except for now they're doing it right. And Chris Ivory is the kind of running back that, that they wanted in that system. And they have TJ Yeldon to now back him up. You have Tayshawn Gibson back in the backfield with uh, Johnson Siperian. Aaron Ross had a decent uh, season last year. Devon House. You get Paul Pazlesny and Telvin Smith back healthy. You're probably going to need another outside linebacker, but you're going to put that Malik Jackson on the defensive line with likes of Tyson Alalu, uh, Red Bryan, and again, like I said, Dante Fowler, Jr. back. It's going to be a great rotation for that defense. And I thought they won on team one or uh, day one. And as long as they draft correctly, they could very, very likely win the AFC South with uh, the free agents that they got and the draft class. Uh, great answer there, Amos. Uh, picking the Jacksonville Jaguars. Sean, who do you think won free agency? So- it comes from a team where the space program is. It comes from a team that lives down the Lone Star state of Texas. It's not the Dallas Cowboys. It would be the Houston Texans. I would still say that the reason why is because Brock Osweiler was a very, very good uh, addition for the Houston Texans. Are the Texans going to sincerely, in my view, be a threat in the AFC South? I am not sure about that. Actually, you know what? I think they can be. Okay, I know that the Indianapolis Colts are going to be good in that AFC South, but look, I think Brock Osweiler is the big addition they need. The Texans still need some other pieces, but this is a young Texans. They did lose Arian Foster, which was kind of a big blow, but I think they're clearly a winner. Brock Osweiler is not a bad quarterback. When you look at the stats, last year when he took over for Peyton Manning, he was 5-2 and two in the seven games when he was there uh, taking over as quarterback for Peyton Manning. And, of course, maybe they should have stuck with Peyton Manning because we already knew that Peyton Manning's days were done and he could go focus on his nationwide design your side commercial and stuff. <laughs> but I'm going to have to say this, though. Brock Osweiler, in my opinion, going to the Texans, that means the Texans were clearly the winners, no doubt about it and no question about it. But they still got a lot of holes they need to fill to be a competitive team in the AFC Conference and in their division. All right, one vote for the, the Jags, one vote for the Texans. A lot of love for the AFC South here. Uh, Rich, what do you say? Who do you think had the best day? Staying in the division, going with a different team. I said it Monday night, I think it's still the Tennessee Titans. You bring in DeMarco Murray after you rank 25th in the rushing offense. Uh, the, the head coach, Mike Malarkey, said, you know, we're going to run a lot. We're going to learn, you know, DeMarco Murray is going to be our workhorse. He's going to continue. He's going to automatically bluster that rushing offense to one of the best in the league, hands down. He wasn't used properly in Philly. I think uh, Tennessee is aware of that. They bring him in. They also bring in former Dolphins wide receiver, Sean Matthews. They They got added a former Texan center, Ben Jones. He got a four-year deal. You bring in a backup quarter, a veteran quarterback, and Matt Castle. Uh, you know, you lose out on t- Titans. Uh, Michael Griffin left, but you brought in veteran quarterback uh, Bryce McGain, who was also cut by the Dolphins and signed during this free agency period. Uh, I think the Titans made a lot of solid moves, filled a lot of holes, the come draft time, you just get yourself a tackle. And, you know, I, I spoke highly on how well this division has improved just over free agency alone. But I still think t- Tennessee did okay this year, and I, that's why I'm taking them. All right. Lots of love for the AFC South tonight. Frank, you got to tell me that your answer is the Colts, right? It's got to be, right? Just round out the division here. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, no. Hey, come on. Dude, somebody needs to lay off the Walmart wine. Uh, oh, jeez! <laughs> oh, jeez! You know what? I'm actually gonna. You know what? I'm actually gonna be loved and respected in the Bay Area, especially mainly Oakland, California, because I gotta tell you, the Oakland Raiders have impressed oh, me God. on the first day of free agency. Uh, this is the United States of America. I can speak on whatever the hell I want, it's and I think the. Yes, the Raiders, because they have definitely gone out and have made um, strides getting one player on the offensive side, and it was Melly, coming over from the Baltimore Ravens. They went after a linebacker in Bruce Irvin coming from the Legion of Boom, 
the Seattle Seahawks, and they get on top of that Sean Smith out of their division um, as a defensive back. So I really would have to say that the Oakland Raiders have definitely, with their signings, that's something you don't normally see from the Oakland Raiders. But, of course, this is a team that is looking at the long run here. And with the really that division with the Denver Broncos now having lost, it seems just about everybody, is really up for grabs. I'll tell you this. I think Oakland is going to surprise a lot of people next year. And, of course, the question is, where will the Oakland Raiders be playing beyond twenty? beyond 2016 i hope to god it's oakland that's where the raiders belong that's where the black hole is uh it's going to be interesting to see but i believe for me the oakland raiders are the most improved team in free agency uh the raiders wow wow so we had the the jaguars the houston texans uh the tennessee titans and the uh oakland raiders some really great answers there guys uh, and your winner uh, of this question, the winner of the show tonight, is the Flint Tropics. Uh, Amos had an exceptional answer there. Okay, I thought hold it. He Congratulations, guys. Congratulations. Okay, all right, hold it. J- just for a dedication, I had to put this song on. They had to play I Heart. Yeah, I'll put that on. Yeah, there you go. There's your song. <laughs> Congrats! Yeah, the the question though, Amos had a it was a really stat heavy answer there. Uh, a lot of guy named a lot of guys on the team, a lot of situations. Um, also, uh, Rich came in had a, a really good answer, uh, kissing a little bit of ass, which is which works on this show. Uh, you know, or whatever. I'll be that's something I don't do. Yeah, no, I, I liked it. I liked it. I thought I told you it was <laughs> no, not I, an no, interesting no. thing. Just, I thought they did I'm very well. I'm, I'm just well, giving you trash. I know I that, that people kiss my ass the other night. And, um, hey, winners! But all, a great answer here. And as you guys hey, said, winners. they have to sing "My Heart Will yeah, Go good job. Oh, Goes it, On" by Celine Dion. So Frank and Sean, let's hear it here. Let's yeah. belt out some Celine Dion. Right. Every night in my dream. I see you. I feel you. That is how I. <laughs> that's not the distance. I'll take it. Add spaces between us. You have come to show. You go on. Near. Far. Wherever you are. I believe that your heart does go on. You're more. You're. You're only here on my. And my heart will go on and on and on. Love can touch us one time and last for a lifetime. Sounds like, like a goddamn rap song. Sounds like a goddamn rap song. What the hell is it doing? I love you. Time. Oh, my gosh. And my life will always go on. How much fear did you have tonight? Holy cow. Go. I believe that your heart does go on. Once more, you're hard. Everybody thanks for listening right, to Limb Lim Biscuits and the heart will go on right here. <laughs> oh, hold it, hold it. I got something to confess. Frank. What, you suck at bowling? I know that. Frank, did you just <laughs> think that? I think tomorrow you're going to be my opening rant. What kind of a goddamn crappy thing is that? That sounds like a goddamn rap song. This is a song that you're supposed to listen to. It's winner. Okay. You want more of these antics, you're not listening that to this. Was the if you want more of these guys' antics, you're not listening to the Sports oh, Drive geez. already. You yeah. need to be. Go I've find already... the, the Sports Drive. Uh, you guys are still on Spreaker, right? That's how they find you guys? Actually, we're on Blab. We're on Blab. We're on Blab. We're part of the Arena Sports Network. It's me, obviously, Sean Josh Lopez as well. And Brian Snow, God bless him, giving us the opportunity. I'll say this. 
you need to turn to our show, especially, well, the entire show, because trust me, if you think it was dysfunction here with Sean and I, it's nothing compared <laughs> to what it is every morning on the Arena Sports Network. But we also have the Skippy Bayless Bash Hour. And I'll tell you what, it is classic, the Skippy Bayless Bash Hour. So you'll want to tune. Oh, by the way, uh, Josh and I had a nice wrestling debate. We have debates. We have the Skippy Bayless Bash Hour. We have disagreements. Oh, and by the way, uh, we don't even know what politically correct means. Uh, we allow all opinions. We are based on the Constitution of the United States of America. Freedom of speech is allowed on our show at all times. And I have to say this, too. For the times that we're on on our show, we're on Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. That would be 10 a.m. Central Time. Actually, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, which is 8 a.m. on the West. And for you people, figure that out for your doggone self in the Central. And on <laughs> Fridays, we are on, of course, 9 a.m. Sent actually 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific. And again, for you people in the Central, really figure that out for yourself. It shouldn't be that hard, or does it take common sense to get it through about what time it is in the Central time? Yeah, what time it is in the Central. All right, so listen to the sports drive on the Sean, you need, a, you need to look at go to Bumper on Bowl, Blab. <laughs> for more Frank and Sean. Thank you guys a lot oh. for coming on to the show tonight. Uh, thanks for. To Amos hey. and uh, Rich, uh, very good win tonight. Thanks for them. And thanks, everybody, who is listening tonight. Uh, of course, tomorrow, the the free Friday free-for-all will be on the podcast, and we'll be back um, next week on Monday night, of course, as we take the weekend off. So listen to the, the free-for-all podcast on Friday. Uh, listen for us coming back on Monday, and go um, to Blab. Uh, the Arena Sports Network. Check out the Sports Drive. Their show's really funny, guys. Got to check it out. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening, and have a great night. It's chaos. Oh, the weekend. The weekend water cooler will be uploaded 8 a.m. Eastern Standard. Thanks for listening to the Free Parking Show. To hear the boys live, tune in every weeknight at 9 p.m. Eastern. 